Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. We're back for our normal scheduled show on a Wednesday night here in uh, week two. Uh, we're a little more than a week into the regular season so far, and there's certainly no shortage of uh, of storylines, of action, of games to talk about. Uh, it's a very exciting time. Um, before we get started, um, I'll introduce myself. My uh, I'm I'm your head, your main host, Karsten. Fumbling over my words a little bit. Uh, we originally had planned um, Wyatt, our our co-host, who normally does Mondays. We're still kind of figuring out um, a uh, a recently changed host schedule. Um, you know, there's some some recent changes that were made to the podcast, but basically, I'm your main host, Karsten. Welcome to the show. I'm the one who does this um, every time we do the podcast. Um, whether you've been listening previously or you're brand new to the podcast, either way, we really appreciate their support. Um, yeah, we should have Wyatt on hopefully on Friday. Um, that is the 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 plan we've been talking about just within the last couple of minutes. Um, he had some kind of last minute family plans come up um, that got in the way a little bit as far as getting uh, getting it done at the scheduled time that we kind of had in mind. So so he's going to try and make it work for Friday. Um, we're going to have that one out for you a little bit earlier Friday afternoon because uh, I have my own plans later Friday night as well. So uh, something to keep in mind. Again, um, appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in. And um that being said, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. And we'll start, uh, as always, with our our game summaries and key news uh, main bulk segment to start the show. Okay, similarly to Monday or Tuesday in this in this week's case, uh, our, our first show of the week, uh, what we do there with our five on five drill, picking five main games to summarize. We're actually going to do the same thing today, um, focus on five games, and then we'll quickly recap the others. Um, we may just kind of make that a, you know, since we're doing three a week instead of five, um, there won't be as many days where we're only recapping a handful of games. You know, it seems like most days, if we're recapping two days, at least worth of action, sometimes three, we're going to be probably talking about, you know, you would think at least eight games at minimum. So we might institute that, um, you know, on a every episode of the week basis. But uh, for now, we're just going to focus on uh, doing that for this week. And we're going to start with, um, the Portland Trailblazers winning on the road in Toronto against the Raptors to get their first win of the season. Um, wanted to focus on this one just to to give the Blazers a shout out. You know, it feels like they're going to be a team that probably will be one of the, uh, you know, certainly a bottom third team, a team that won't be winning a, a lot of games um, this season, a team with young talent and a lot of newly acquired talent that's looking to build. Um so I'll take an opportunity to talk a little more in depth about them when I can. Um, of course, we'll have that with our franchise focus segment um, when it's their turn the season as well. But um, let's just talk through things here for Portland. Um, it was a back and forth game. Um, Portland took a nice lead, um, maybe about seven or eight points towards the end of the third quarter. And then they were able to hold on to the lead despite the Raptors making it close uh, midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, both teams never had a huge lead in this game. There were 13 lead changes. Um, and so it was pretty back and forth. But again, 
Uh, good job for Portland able to pull this, being able to pull this one out. Uh, looking at things for Toronto first in the box score category, 20 points for Pascal Siakam, 20 points as well for Scotty Barnes with 12 boards, um, two steals and a block. Four turnovers a bit rough, but still uh, Barnes looks like they're kind of going back to a a bigger lineup, Barnes or on an OB, depending on how you want to think about it as your quote unquote shooting guard. Um, Jakob Perto with 14 points, 10 rebounds, 10 points each for OG on an OB and Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder with eight assists on an OB with two steals and a block. Um, those are double figure scores for the Raptors, all starters. Um, not terrible game, but then you look at things for the Trailblazers, just a touch better. Jeremy Grant with 22 points and six rebounds, plus a steal and a block. Um, DeAndre Ayton, monster game, only 10 points, but 23 rebounds, two blocks and a steal. You know, and I think that's going to be a big um, point of emphasis for the Trailblazers this season is getting Ayton in a position where he's been in the league a good amount of time now. Of course, he was a number one overall pick in, I believe, 2018. So, He's had that expectation, and I think I've said in the past, he's he has not been a bust by any sort of stretch of the imagination. He's been a a great above average starting center. He's had phenomenal games. He's had some games where he's kind of underperformed, um, but he's never been really in the All Star conversation. He hasn't been a star. Um, he's just been a pretty good center, you know. And so I think him being in Portland in an opportunity where uh, he can be a focal point, you know, it'll be a great opportunity to really assess the, you know, in a more concrete detail or maybe in more accurate detail, what uh, level of player DeAndre Ayton is. And then with that, you know, how he would factor into a Portland um, rebuilding type situation. So again, great game for him, 23 boards. That's got to be at this early point in the season, one of the higher rebounding totals we've seen in a game off the bench. Oh, excuse me. Off the bench, Malcolm Brogdon, 21 points, five assists, and three rebounds. Uh, looks like he'll be a sixth man for the Trailblazers as well. Of course, the reigning sixth man of the year from last season. Um, he's he's had some nice games for Portland. Uh, the starters, Shaden Sharp with 14 points, two blocks, and a steal. Scoot Henderson, 11 points, seven assists, two steals. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Matisse Seibel with nine points. So, just a, a little bit, a tiny bit more well-spread out scoring. The inside rebounding of Aiton able to help the Trailblazers pull away in this one for, again, their first win of the season. So that is our first game we'll talk about. And uh, just to clarify, that was from Monday night. We're recapping, again, Monday and Tuesday's games. Uh, the first four games we'll talk about are all from Monday night. Uh, first off, of course, that Trailblazers and Raptors game. But the next one we'll talk about is... Uh, the Atlanta Hawks winning at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 127 to 113 uh, in a bit of a comeback victory. Uh, Minnesota actually had a huge lead going into halftime, as many as uh, just under 20 points, led by more than 20 a couple of times. Built, a, built that lead going into the second quarter, uh, took a wet, you know, took off, and then third quarter uh, slowed down and Atlanta was able to capitalize they were able to tie the game uh, going into the fourth quarter and then Atlanta never trailed in the fourth quarter. So um, big sways from one team to another and an impressive comeback from a, a big deficit from the Atlanta Hawks. Looking at things for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, it was sort of a, a duel for 
the Timberwolves and Hawks between Anthony Edwards and DeJounte Murray, starting with Edwards uh, for the Timberwolves, 31 points, seven assists, five boards and a steal, um, five of eight from three-point range, about 62% on the game uh, from as far as shooting percentages. Rudy Gobert, 14 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks and a steal. Carl Anthony Towns, 16 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, 12 points off the bench. Nas Reed with 13 points and then Shake Milton with 10 points. Um, you know, plenty of production. And again, Anthony Edwards really looking good, um, especially in this game starting the season. He's been, uh, you know, kind of fulfilling some of that promise of, uh, you know, emerging even more this season potentially. But then things for the Atlanta Hawks, DeJounte Murray, his best game of the year, probably up to this point, 41 points, seven boards, five assists, two steals, um, 70% from the floor on 24 attempts, three of five from three point range, uh, dominant in this game. Did you, um, excuse me, Trey Young with a solid game as well. 24 points, eight assists, um, one of seven from three, but still, uh, was, was a, a good factor for the Hawks overall. I'd say 16 points for Deandre Hunter, uh, 12 points for Jalen Johnson, who looks like he's going to be getting maybe the starting minutes at the power forward in place of the uh, traded John Collins traded in the off season. Uh, Johnson with 12 points, five boards, three assists, a steal and a block Capella Clint Capella with five blocks in this game. And then off the bench, Sadiq Bay with 11 points and Oneka Kungu with 10 points, seven boards and three assists. Great all-around game for Atlanta. Great duel between Edwards and Murray, two of the young guards and stars in the league. And again, a great comeback win for the Atlanta Hawks. Let's go to that third game. And this is our first uh, game summary for the Warriors, even though we've already had a couple of significant games we could have talked about, just didn't fit in our uh, in the way we kind of shuffled it and structured it. But uh, our third game, we're going to talk about Again, this is from Monday night. The Golden State Warriors winning big in New Orleans against the Pelicans, 130 to 102. Stephen Curry with a 40 uh, point night again. And I think quickly he's already become the first player in the league this season to have multiple 40 point games. He's been dominant to start the season. And we'll actually um, talk a little bit more about Steph Curry, I believe. I, I think we have a plan to talk about him more in depth on Friday. Um, but for the time being, um, big win for Golden State, you know, and it was a fairly close game at the half. Uh, going into the third, you know, the Warriors are electric in the third quarter. They built the lead up to 20 going into the fourth, and then they never really looked back, and uh, the game was kind of over at that point, I suppose. Um, as far as box scores concerned for the Pelicans, they had six guys in double figures, not bad. Zion led the way. Uh, also, CJ McCollum, both of those guys had 19 points each. Zion with five boards, three assists, two steals, and then McCollum with six boards and five assists. Um, we had 14 points for Jordan Hawkins. Uh, the rookie getting the start uh, looked all right there. Um, 11 points for Jonas Valanciunas with six boards and two blocks. And then off the bench, 12 for Matt Ryan, uh, a late uh, late offseason signing for the Pelicans, and 11 for Kira Lewis Jr. Uh, meanwhile, for the Warriors, again, Curry with a 40-point game, 42 points to be exact in this one, five boards, five assists, two steals, um, seven of 13 from three, really a, a quintessential Steph Curry stat line, if you will. Uh, the only other starter with double figures was 13 points uh, from Moses Moody, starting in place of Clay Thompson, 
uh, dealing, I believe, with a day-to-day type injury. Off the bench, Chris Paul and Trace Jackson Davis, each with 13 points. Jackson Davis also with nine boards. And then Gary Payton II with 10 points, um, four boards, a steal, and a block. Jackson Davis also had four blocks in this game. Chris Paul with two steals. Um, so pretty balanced defensive numbers for the Warriors. And then Steph Curry and a little bit of extra help offensively able to power them to the victory. He's been stellar. And of course, we know that he's one of the greats of this generation. But, um, you know, it's hard to think of recent seasons where he's gotten off to this hot of a start. So uh, it's exciting to see. So great win for Golden State in that one. Uh, Our fourth game, our last game from the Monday night slate that we'll focus on the Milwaukee Bucks win at home against the Miami Heat, 122 to 114. Of course, this big storyline, Damian Lillard on the Milwaukee Bucks facing the Miami Heat for the first time after the offseason where that was reported to be his preferred destination in a trade. Um, There was an interesting pregame encounter in uh, you know the hallways of the arena between Lillard and, and Jimmy Butler. Um, but Milwaukee really looked good in this one. Um, held the lead at half and then built a more than 20 point lead at the end of the third quarter. Miami made a run of things. They actually brought it within 10 points, uh, towards the end of the game. But at that point, um, Milwaukee, you know, they had a strong enough lead. They were able to hold on, uh, and get the win here. Looking at the box score for the Miami heat leading score for them was actually Tyler hero, 35 points, eight boards, three assists. He's looked very good to start the season. Uh, 13 points for Jimmy Butler. He has struggled uh, a little bit overall. 10 points for Thomas Bryant starting at center in place of Bam Adebayo. 15 points for Duncan Robinson off the bench and 11 points, seven boards, seven assists for Orlando Robinson coming off the bench. Uh, meanwhile, for the Bucks, the two stars, Giannis and Lillard, uh, doing their jobs. Giannis with 33 points, seven boards, two assists. Uh, pretty good all-round game. Damian Lillard, 25 points, five boards, four assists. Um, neither of them had the most amazing percentages, um, especially, you know, shooting the ball, you know, mid-ranged outside, but they, they got the job done. Uh, Brooke Lopez with 11 points, seven boards, a steal and a block, and three assists. And then off the bench, Bobby Portis, 16 points, eight boards, two steals, a block, and Cameron Payne with 11 points. Uh, as the Bucks again are able to get the win against the Miami Heat, that's the the fourth game from from Monday. We'll talk about <clears> ten <throat> things off. Let's talk about the big game um, so far this week. That's been a big talking point. Uh, Tuesday night's game, a wild one in Phoenix uh, between the Phoenix Suns and the San Antonio Spurs, and the visiting Spurs managed to steal the victory in the closing minutes. 115 to 114, your final score there. When Benyama, of course, a big part of it. Um, you look at the game chart, they the Spurs didn't lead until the that final minute or so. It's wild. The game chart is just all orange, it's all suns. They led by as many as 20 points uh early in the third quarter. They they controlled the game, they kind of had the victory um wrapped up. You know, and then it was in that last, it was at, actually kind of within the last 20 seconds, the lead changed. The Spurs took the lead and uh, never looked back. They were able to hold on for a wild victory. Looking at scores for the uh, the box score for the Phoenix Suns, Durant leading the way, 26 points, seven assists, 
two steals, two boards, five turnovers, but uh, still no Bradley Beal, no Devin Booker. They've not played the last couple of games or, and Beal hasn't played yet this season. Um, just dealing with some day-to-day type injuries as well. Eric Gordon starting 20 points, six assists, uh, 19 points for Grayson Allen starting as well at shooting guard uh, or at just kind of general guard along with Eric Gordon. Seven boards, three assists for Grayson Allen as well. Uh, 12 points, 12 boards, four assists, two blocks, and a steal for Yusuf Nurkic. And then 11 points for Josh Okogi. Also 11 for Yuta Watan- uh, Watanabe off the bench. Um, but for the Spurs, 27 points for Keldon Johnson. He led the charge for them, four assists. Three boards, two steals. Wemby, Victor Wembanyama, 18 points, eight boards, four blocks, and an assist. Um, still showing what you expect. The versatility had a, a great sequence with Durant. Durant kind of on a, a sneaky play, got him on a, a quick dunk on a cut. And then the next play down, Wembanyama, a quick dribble gets inside and dunks it with the left hand over i think it was drew eubanks um kind of the one one upsmanship there was exciting to see so he and he had a key play late he was uh he he uh keldon johnson vassell i think it was those three guys mainly maybe sohan were the ones who helped force the steal they inbound the suns inbound to durant with the suns leading by one the spurs able are able to wrap uh, rip it away for a steal. It was Keldon Johnson because then he drove in, finished with a tough layup, and then uh, the Suns couldn't capitalize uh, after a timeout on an inbound to Durant. He missed that shot, and the Spurs won in wild fashion. Uh, Vassell, Devin Vassell, 18 points, six boards, five assists, three steals, and then three of eight from three, including a, a clutch three towards those last couple of minutes. And then 14 points for Zach Collins, five boards, four assists, three blocks, a steal. This weird lineup they're running just seems to be working. Sohan at that sort of point guard spot, seven boards, five assists, along with eight points. And then off the bench, they also got 10 points out of Trey Jones. Um, Huge win for San Antonio, you know, and they have, uh, they've definitely met the expectations of being competitive and having Wemby look like a rookie of the year candidate at the very least. If not, they've done more than that. They've been an exciting team in the West. Um, Wemby looks like a lock at this point, kind of for rookie of the year, even though it's only a few games in Um, they've looked great. And again, it's a great win against a, uh, even without Beal and Booker, you'd think, you know, that Phoenix team is still tough with, uh, with Durant at the helm. So, Great win for them. Well, real quick, just run through the other games from Monday and Tuesday. Um, on Monday, the Boston Celtics won in Washington against the Wizards, 126 to 107. Uh, in Indiana, the Pacers uh, lost to the visiting Chicago Bulls, 112 to 105. And there was a bit of a scuffle in this one as well. Uh, Zach Levine and Andrew Nemhard uh, kind of back and forth, drawing and then uh, some, some shoving. And, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an NBA fight within the last decade or so that it's a, it's a fight. Um, and that's a bit of a stretch of, of the meaning of the word fight. It was a scuffle, but anyways, um, the bulls won that one. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets lost at home to the Brooklyn nets, 133 to 121. Uh, the 
Oklahoma City Thunder, they defended home court against the Detroit Pistons, 124 to 112. Uh, Dallas Mavericks went into Memphis and got the win, 125 to 110. Denver Nuggets won at home against the Utah Jazz, 110 to 102. And then finally, the Los Angeles Lakers won a bit of a close game at home against the Orlando Magic, 106 to 103. That's your Monday action. And then on Tuesday, the other two games we didn't mention, the New York Knicks won in Cleveland against the Cavaliers, 109 to 91. And then the uh, LA Clippers won at home against the Orlando Magic, 118 to 102. The Magic with the back-to-back LA series against the Lakers and the Clippers back-to-back nights. Unable to get a win in either of them. Bit of a letdown, but um, Magic still haven't looked that bad to start the season. So um, regardless, that is your uh, game summaries. And let's real quick jump into our key news. There's not too many items. Uh, we'll start with the Portland Trailblazers, an update on guard Anthony Simons. He recently had successful surgery on that right thumb uh, and is expected to miss six weeks. I think that's the same timeline we updated you on before. Um, but with the successful surgery and things looking good, then it's like, okay, well, he's not going to be missing any more time or is not expected to miss more time than he should. Uh, so that's a good sign there. Um, in that Suns game is our next note. Um, and it was actually a dunk in the final minutes in that, uh, you know, when the game really got close and, and got exciting, uh, Kevin Durant on a on dunk inside, he became the 12th player in NBA history to reach 27,000 career points. Uh, only three other players reached that point total in fewer games. And those were Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, he continues to to climb that ladder. You imagine if he didn't have the injuries to deal with, he would probably be well past 30,000 at this point. Um, but regardless, still uh, still one of the youngest to ever do it. So great job there for Durant. Um, a small trade between the LA Clippers and Sacramento Kings. Uh, the Clippers traded center Philip Petrusev and Cash to the Kings. Not really any um, return package from the Kings listed. Um, of course, Petrusev recently acquired as part of the James Harden trade. And so the Kings take on cash and they take on a contract and they bring in a guy to fill a roster spot who has a chance maybe in some spot minutes to in his rookie season show if he has some some ability, some, you know, what he can bring to the table. So uh, there's a move there. Uh, and then some some updates on some roster type moves, firstly for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um the report is the Grizzlies are planning to sign center Bismack Biombo. Now they haven't done this yet simply because they'll be able to sign Biombo via an exemption after the fifth game of John Morant's suspension. Of course, he'll be, it's a much longer suspension than that, but after that time, then they'll have um, an added roster option to be able to bring in Biombo to help out with their front court depth. So they'll be doing that. Um, and then a couple of options on contracts, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, declined the fourth year option on guard James Booknight's contract. Um, Semi-surprising, I suppose. Um, Young player, but he hasn't really broken out in a big way, I suppose. And then for for the Golden State Warriors, they have exercised the fourth year option on guard Moses Moody's contract. So they retain him for that extra year um, there in Golden State. And then finally, an update for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, The NBA's investigation into the Sixers' potential violation of that player participation policy, which was discussed with the, you know, the James Harden uh, situation in the season opener where they told him to stay home. Um, that investigation has reportedly concluded and there's not going to be a penalty um, expected or given to the Philadelphia 76ers. So now in full, the Harden saga 
in Philly should be concluded and they'll move on to what the team looks like without him. So that is your key news up to this point. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and uh, waste no more time. Let's jump right into our next segment. uh, One of our two game type segments. Okay, so if you remember from last week, last Wednesday, um, Wednesday is when we'll be doing our game segments, and we have two of them. On last week's show on Wednesday, we did the 20 guesses segment where each of us, myself and Wyatt, picked a player um, to have the other person try and guess based on a career stat line and nothing more. There's lifelines. It's a fun, it's a fun game. This one is sort of a game segment. It's more just a like a loose, uh, you know, free form conversation. Um, what ifs and you know, comparing teams from different eras, different players, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is one that you know I think works with multiple people or with just one person, uh, as is the case with me tonight. So I think. Uh, we'll go ahead and do it. Um, it might be a little bit shorter, but the teams we're going to compare tonight on this season's first iteration of it. And by the way, this segment is going to be called Justin's Showdown. It was Justin that first suggested this the segment. Of course, he was our Wednesday host last season. He's going to be hosting still this season um, on not a routine basis, but he'll still appear from time to time. Um, but we're going to keep the segment name Justin's Showdown um, because he was the one who brought the segment up. And um, also led us to this great website called whatifsports.com. They have a uh, NBA sim matchup where you can actually plug in any team from from any year and uh, match those teams up in a, in a simulator and see who would win and, and how they would compare uh, in a variety of ways. So anyways, not anyway, wasting any more time. This uh, this segment's comparison, today's comparison, we're going to compare two teams with all-time greats at center winning their franchise's first championship. Uh, the first, we're going to start with the actually, actually the 1993 to 1994 Houston Rockets uh, winning their first championship and, of course, Hakeem Olajuwon's first championship. And then the team we'll compare them to is uh, last season's champion the 2022-2023 Denver Nuggets. I thought this was a pretty solid one, an interesting one. Uh, Starting lineups for both teams. We'll start with the Rockets. Of course, Hakeem at center. Uh, Alongside him, Otis Thorpe at power forward. He's your your second best player, your co-star on this team, if you will. At the guards, you have point guard Kenny Smith, Kenny the Jet. And then at shooting guard, Mad Max, Vernon Maxwell. Uh, Very unique backcourt but a very potent backcourt in its own right and then a small forward a very young Robert Ory and of course off the bench you have Sam Cassell and and some of those other guys as well I want to say Scott Brooks it was maybe a deep bench piece um, so there's your Houston Rockets uh, your 94 champions and then last season's Nuggets team Nikola Jokic the Joker uh, one of the most versatile, unique centers in history, starting at center. And then the power forward, Aaron Gordon, um, probably the third best player in this lineup. If you're looking for the co-star to Jokic, you're going to the point guard, and that's Jamal Murray, uh, a guy who 
surprisingly has never made an all-star team. He's on the watch for that this season. Um, and then at your wings, you're, you have Contavious Caldwell Pope and Michael Porter, uh, two sort of different players. Michael Porter is mainly going to be athleticism and offense and shooting. Contavious Caldwell Pope is a spot up shooter, but he's going to work hard defensively uh, as well. So that's your lineup there. And then bench guys, you know, Brown and uh, both Browns, uh, Jeff Gordon, uh, Jeff Green, not Jeff Gordon, wrong sport. And then uh, DeAndre Jordan as well and Reggie Jackson. So those are your teams in a quick rundown. Let's real quick, before we discuss this matchup, just run it through a, a quote-unquote seven-game series uh, between the two teams. Let's play game one here. And the Nuggets win game one big, 114-81. to 81. Um, Who stands out here? Jokic, 15-14, and 14, 14 assists and nine boards. Aaron Gordon, 23 points. The Rockets... And no one really stands out as far as an individual game. I guess Aaron Gordon with 23 points. But uh, so the, the Nuggets take game one in the simulation. Let's take look at game two. They take game two as well. Um, yeah, no no one really standing out again individually there. Uh, game three, the Nuggets win big. It looks like they're going to sweep a, a seven-game series, if you will, even though Akeem had 30 points in that one. Game four, yeah, so they, they just swept it all the way. And to be honest, I did a, a test simulation before we got on, and the Nuggets won that one too. Um, you know, I, I think the Nuggets would certainly have a good chance of winning that. I think a, a sweep is a bit um, a bit bold. And I suppose that brings up a good question of this simulator. Is it the current NBA and the current rules? Um, or how does it factor that in as far as rule set, play styles, all those kind of things. Um, so take that for what it's worth. As far as my thoughts on this matchup, Jokic versus Akeem would be super interesting. I think that both players would play incredibly well simply because Jokic is not a standout defender and he's not a great athlete. Hakeem is maybe the greatest player the greatest center as far as post moves uh maneuverability in the post uh faking guys out you know the dream shake i feel like you get him the ball in the post against Jokic, um no double team or anything like that he's going to be able to to feast he's going to make more shots than he'll miss he'll score a lot of points he'll get to the foul line a good amount you know just because Jokic, that's not really his game he's not focused on being a standout defender. And then if they have the double, you know, Hakeem is, is pretty good about finding the open man, certainly no Jokic, but he can, he can make the plays. He's got shooters in Ori and Maxwell and Smith to pass to, but of course those guys aren't the same percentage and shooting caliber as say your Murray's Caldwell Pope, your Porter. And then of course the Nuggets have Aaron Gordon who can shoot the three where Otis Thorpe was still an inside presence. Um, That'd be the other thing. The other thing, you know, the Rockets off the bench, the you're going to have a lot less talent off that bench compared to what the Nuggets have coming off their bench. So that could be a big sway as far as production from the Nuggets bench versus the Rockets. Um, which speaking of, let me go ahead and remind myself who else was coming off the bench for the Rockets. Mario Eli, uh, that's another big one. He's a great. Uh, 
you know, great swingman, good shooter. So he, so you have a little more shooting than I'm uh, giving him credit for. Carl Herrera, an okay power forward, but otherwise, yeah, not a lot of depth. So I think <clears throat> the Nuggets would beat them in just general depth as well. Um, I don't know. This is an interesting one. And again, the um, the era that it's played in or the year or whatever that it would be played in is a big factor as far as how these teams would match up and what the play styles would be. But, um, you know, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. Aaron Gordon versus Otis Thorpe would probably be a pretty close matchup. That'd be pretty intense, actually. Um, similar in some ways, actually. Michael Porter versus Robert Ory, two bigger forwards at small forward. Um, you know, these teams are kind of similar in, in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, I think it could be interesting. Kenny Smith, of course, people rag on him a little bit online because when he talks on Inside the NBA uh, on TNT, sometimes he'll talk a little more highly of himself than maybe people want to give him credit for. But people do that so much or, you know, take note of that so much that it's almost gone the other way where um, they now rate him very lowly say that he wasn't a great player at all. And I, I think it's a middle ground. You know, I think um, there's that clip where he says, Oh, I, I felt bad. You know, I never made an all-star team and, and Shaq gives him crap. Like, Oh, you never would have ever made an all-star team. And that's not necessarily true. You know, it it makes sense that he didn't make an all-star team, but you know, he had a few seasons where he was, you know, within a, a whiff of making that type of, you know, that type of roster. I mean, he was, a, he was more than just a, a shooter or a, a, you know, guy who brings the ball up and can make an open pass. I mean, he was a solid point guard. He was athletic, you know, he had a, he had a versatile game. So I think he would probably do a lot better that, against Jamal Murray than people might want to give him credit for the matchups would all be pretty close overall, honestly. And I think it would be a much closer series than what this matchup uh, would lead us to believe, even if it's in today's era and these Rockets have to adjust to today's play style a little bit and the rules, I think they could still do it. You know, great players, as as has been said, great players play great no matter the era, the conditions, all those type of things. So I think it'd be a close one. I think it's interesting to talk about. I'd be curious to hear uh, what you guys as the listening audience would think about this. And now is a great chance for me to mention our social medias where you can find, we're going to post this uh, as we do with most all of our segments on our social media pages. We have an Instagram page and a Facebook page. Both of those are crossover across time. Pretty straightforward to find those um, on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer. It's X over across time. My network could take my business to the next uh, level. Simply due to, um, as we get an ad to mess up the audio, potentially, that's lovely. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, we have the Twitter page. The name is X over across time simply because of the um, uh, the limit on characters for the username. Uh, that ad just threw me off. Uh, anyways, and then on uh, all of those, you should be able to find a link tree for um the link to all the other social media pages, but then you can find uh, the the Spotify links are rss.com, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, um, everywhere should be able to link to everywhere else to find all that information. And again, on our socials, we post plenty of updates 
including uh, segment-specific stuff. And you can let us know on those posts when this uh, conversation comes up, kind of who you think would win in that matchup. I think it's an interesting conversation to have and an interesting matchup of of two great teams, two great champions. Um, with that, let's go ahead and wrap up that uh, game segment real quick. Um, we have a segment that we normally would do on a Monday. We potentially were going to do it today, but we're going to do it potentially on Friday. Um, so now let's jump to our normal Wednesday segment, our weekly predictions. Weekly predictions. Okay, so with just me, it's just going to be the one prediction, of course. And uh, for our week two weekly prediction, I'm going to go pretty bold. Um, I'm half and half whether I think this actually would happen or if this is just being bold for the sake of being bold and I don't think it would actually happen. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm just concerned about this team. And the prediction is the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm predicting that they are going to miss the play-in tournament. And that's probably too bold. I probably could have said will, you know, slip into a play-in picture, like they'll be a ninth or tenth seed in the play-in picture. Um decided to go a little bit more bold. They just they just look not that great to start the season. Of course, we knew that being without um John Morant to start the season and not having Steven Adams or, or Brandon Clark, the, the front court being impacted that way and not having their star player, that's going to impact you in some sort of negative way. Um, but they, they really have not looked that great. You know, they're middle of the pack. Uh, if you're looking at some, some advanced stats, some team stats, um, they're middle of the pack in defensive rating. Um, and uh, offensive rating, they're kind of towards the bottom third. Um, net rating towards the bottom third as well, but they they haven't won a game yet. They're zero and four. Um, you know they they're actually going to be zero and four, zero and five after tonight. It looks like they're probably going to lose to the Utah Jazz. Um, they uh, you know they they haven't lost by by huge margins, um, but they've they haven't won yet. And um, again, it's really just the the depth piece that, that concerns me uh, for the Grizzlies. If we look at their team so far this season, who's playing and how they're playing um, as far as their starting lineup. So they're starting with Xavier Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr. Not bad. You know, Tillman's had some moments. Uh, Desmond Bain uh, scoring a lot of points um, for this team. Marcus Smart starting at the point guard and then Zaire Williams at your small forward Williams may be playing a bit above his, uh, his abilities, Marcus smart, not playing bad. Um, the depth doesn't look that great. You know, they're not getting a lot of points off the bench. Um, David Roddy and Derek Rose kind of tied for their leading point getters. As far as averages per game off the bench, both those guys only averaging about eight points a game off the bench. So, it's early. Um, there's obviously plenty of things to hang your hat on as far as why they will make at the very least a play in appearance. Um, Bain scoring Jackson is still very effective defensively with nearly three blocks a game. You know, they're not that bad uh, or they shouldn't be that bad. 
uh, looking at stats and and players, but um, I don't know. Something just feels off. You would think, I mean, even teams like the Trailblazers and, and, you know, Wizards, they've picked up wins. You would think that the Grizzlies should have at least one win. And sometimes that's just the way it goes. Again, it's only four or five games, but uh, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to say, I'm going to give this prediction. Um, I won't be surprised if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a chance that I could be right here. So um, we'll go ahead and go with that again, a bold take, a bold prediction. And that is our weekly prediction for week two. Um, with that, that's pretty much the bulk of our show, a little bit of a shorter show for you. Um, we'll go and wrap things up with our, this day in history fact, um, on this day in history, the, uh, we're going back to 1946 and the very first game in NBA history, the New York Knicks defeated the Toronto Huskies 68 to 66 in the first NBA game, which was played in Toronto. Um, a fun side note, any fan taller than Toronto's six, eight center, George Nostrand or Nostrand got in free. Um, so again, the first game in NBA history, the first points in NBA history scored in that game by Ozzy Scheichtman. Um, that's a fun, you know, trivia fact for you. Another note that I think is great on both the 50th anniversary and 75th anniversary of that game, uh, the Raptors and the Knicks the Toronto and New York teams. And of course the Knicks still in existence. Um, those two teams played against each other on that same day on the 50th and 75th anniversaries, um, which I think is, is perfect to have that, that kind of fact. And to do that, you know, I, I'd almost be in favor of every year on uh, November 1st, Toronto and New York play against each other as just a small little note to that first game in NBA history. I think that'd be fun. Um, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, we'll also mention our all the player debuts that happened on this day. Um, and those are Dick McGuire, Ed McCauley, Bill Sharman, Bob Cousy, Brad Doherty, Dikembe Mutombo, um, Ray Allen, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash, Ben Wallace, Pau Gasol, Chris Paul, and Kyle Lowry all made their debuts on this day in history. So that wraps up pretty much everything with our show. I want to apologize if the the show seemed a little bit um a little bit off but uh again some some last minute shakeups as far as the the plan for the episode uh thank you again for listening we really appreciate the support we'll be back on friday for our pretty much our normal friday programming we will see you then